Good evening, everyone. Today is Tuesday, December 6th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is into action, step nine, and our speaker tonight is Angela G. Thank you, Angela. Hey everyone, I am Angela, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic, and it is my honor to be here tonight. And um, thank you, Lisa, for asking me to speak. Um, you know, so many people have gone before me and have modeled what it's like to do service on the fly. And, um, you know, I was, I, I understand now that to say no to service um, is actually selfish of me because I have no idea what I may say uh, that someone might hear or might need to hear for the first time. Um, so yeah, so I try to step into service when it's comfortable and when sometimes when it's not comfortable, but I do try to say yes. Um, so I belong here. I am a compulsive overeater, um, bulimic, I uh, definitely uh, grew up uh, finding ease and comfort using food, uh, not understanding why I never fit in anywhere, uh, not understanding how I could morph myself into something that could fit in in different places in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess, you know, I, I came into program, I think this is important to share this. I came into program about 13 years ago, um, and it was because I hit a bottom. And the way my bottom looked, uh, I came in through Al-Anon, um, the way my bottom looked was I ran out the door of a relationship. I left my home, my partner, and two children. Uh, I left that because I kept getting involved in very dysfunctional relationships, and I had completely lost myself completely lost myself. I did not recognize myself anymore in that relationship. So uh, I needed to deal with those crazy relationships first. Um, and I stalled in Al-Anon because I was still using my food. And so I stalled for six years in Al-Anon because I still, you know, just still, still self-medicating with my food. So I have um, about 19 months abstinence right now, which is, as I'm saying that, I can't even, can't even uh, believe that that could be. Um, and I have only, uh, I guess I can only say that this, this recovery process is only possible through working the steps. Um, this process of working the steps and this whole book, this whole big book was written with the intention of uh, um, helping the person reading it to find a connection to a higher power. In my case, I needed to reestablish a connection with a higher power. Um, you know, I grew up with a very punishing God, very judgmental God. So one of the reasons why I landed here so quickly was that I really felt like this choosing my own conception thing, it totally resonated for me. So, uh, you know, the steps, you know, you start getting real honest when you start working the steps. And I realized that tonight is step nine. Um, and uh, I guess what I, I wanted to share two different experiences I had uh, with amends, with the amends process. And I also just wanted to read a couple of things from the big book and then from the 12 and 12. Um, so on page 76, 
Uh, let's see, we need more action, without which we find that faith without works is dead. Let's look at steps eight and nine. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took our inventory. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. This process, I could not have done the fourth step if it wasn't for the first three. Absolutely, my powerlessness, my willingness to consider another way rather than my way, my willingness to consider that there is a higher power in my life. Um, you know, those things had to be in place for me to be that honest in this um, in, in this recovery process. Uh, we attempt to sweep away the debris which has accumulated out of effort to live on self-will and and run the show ourselves. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning that we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. So in me admitting, in me admitting my complete powerlessness and that my life is completely unmanageable, at some point I agreed to go to any lengths, right? When I said that I was that powerless. So, um, you know, my amends process um, was very interesting. Uh, before my recovery, uh, I had someone make an amends to me. And that, you know, I reflect on that. And um, I actually, I feel like I accepted her amends, but it was conditional. And now I can really see how hard that was for her to approach me and to get real about her part. Um, I can I can tell you honestly, when she gave me her, when she made her amends to me, I didn't really take it that seriously. I didn't, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand this amends process until I became that willing and I became that vulnerable to make amends myself. Um, and so that amends process with her, when she was making amends to me, um, you know, it, it, it was so beautiful now that I can look back at it, you know, that she stayed on her side of the street, that she admitted her wrongs, that she understood that the situation was, um, you know, uh, j just really unmanageable between us, this one situation that happened. And, and she wanted to meet me in a place where she was completely open to owning her part, right? This is what we do in step nine, is we finally take responsibility for our part. And, uh, you know, most of my relationships, yes, I was in codependent relationships, unhealthy relationships, I was drawn to relationships because of it being familiar, right? I grew up with that dysfunctional uh, situation. So I was drawn to it. And all of these relationships would end up just crashing and burning because I didn't know how to ex exit them great gracefully. Um, and the end, and it was, it was just destined to crash and burn each relationship. So, uh, you know, one of the amends that I made uh, was for, was to my uh, ex of 17 years. And I would say that she was not, she, in the beginning, she was on my no way list. I did not know how I was going to be able to make amends to her. Uh, the dynamics in the relationship very much were that she was the parent and I was the child. And, uh, I, you know, it, even though I could see, even though I really got to a place and I own my part, I just couldn't figure out what I was making amends for because the whole thing I was so sorry for, 
right? So what I ended up doing, because this process of making amends, if we're going to do more harm, right, we have to kind of understand what the amends process is going to be and understand that we don't want to do more harm in the process. And so my amends to her was so amazing, I have to say. Um, and, you know, she received it in, um, well, what I, what I, what I apologized for, what I, what I really owned my part for was how I left the relationship. I was in it for 17 years and within three weeks, myself and all my belongings were out of the house, just gone. Angela just completely ghosted the whole thing. I did not know. I felt like I was losing myself again in that relationship, completely losing myself. My spirit was dying in that relationship. I did not know how to extricate myself from it gracefully. So what was so beautiful about those amends was that she received them. She, uh, she honored them. She, you know, um, she, she said, you know, that was so long ago, Angela, uh, you know, of, of course, of course, I forgive you. Uh, that um, that amends process, that relief, uh, that release of shame, that relief of burden, that heaviness I carried around with me, that that embarrassment I carried around with me, was lifted through this process. This is like a miraculous thing, how these 12 steps works. And, you know, I had, you know, that one, and I spoke about another amends last night where we just, you know, cried together, absolutely cried. I own my part. I, 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 I met her, you know, kind of right in the middle. I didn't step over the line and, and we both just cried together, you know, at the sadness of the fact that we did, we both did the best we could. You know, it was this process of making amends to people is quite extraordinary. Um, you know, I like I said, I couldn't have done it without doing a fearless and searching moral inventory of myself in step four. Um, Ten minutes it, left. Thank you, Ian. Um, there is um, just a couple of things I wanted to just read from the 12 and 12. Uh, and it's about step nine, right? Made direct direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure, injure them or others. And it says that a tranquil mind is the first requisite for good judgment. And what I just want to say about that is, you know, not only going through this process, uh, having a tranquil mind, uh, approaching things, but, you know, right now with what I'm dealing with in my life with my mom, early dementia, and, uh, you know, the craziness, the unmanageability of that on a daily basis, if I was not working this program, if I was not staying centered, if I did not have this tranquil mind, the equanimity of just having this calm state through this process, I, I don't really know. Well, certainly I would be in the food. Let's just say that, right? I would be, you know, sitting there with my crumb cake. I'd be sitting there with my half gallon of ice cream. I'd be just numbing myself completely. And, um, and I'm not doing that anymore. And that is nothing short of miraculous, actually, you know, um, it says, uh, prudence means taking calculated chances. 
amends actually begin when we join OA, right? We start becoming, we start making uh, amends to ourselves and to others on a daily basis, you know, by doing our 10 steps, by being brutally honest. Um, we start making those amends as soon as we come into this program, if, we are, if we're really going to be working this. Um, there is a need for discretion, readiness to take consequences of our past and to take responsibility for the well-being of others is the spirit of step nine. Yes, yes, yes. The consequences of my actions, finally taking responsibility for my part, has been um, a, a completely different way of living, a completely different way of having relationships. Through step nine uh, and, and all the previous steps, all the steps, you know, relationships change. My relationship to myself, you know, finally having compassion with myself around, you know, my part, you know, and not, not going down the rabbit hole, not staying in that place, acknowledging it, doing what I need to do and moving on from it. My relationships with people that I love are completely different. My family, completely different. My mother, completely different. Uh, my employer, you know, my landlord, uh, my clients, uh, my assistants. Oh my God, my assistants. Um, you know, I just want to share that I have an assistant right now who I am sure, I am sure that I am her, I am sure that I am her mother when I say anything that um that that needs to be worked on, or maybe we could do this better, you know. I am absolutely her mother. And do you know she is absolutely one of us, unrecovered? It hit me the other day. You know, I keep thinking, why isn't she getting this? Why does why can't she take some responsibility for her part when I just try to give her constructive, you know, criticism? She can't, she can't take it. Well, I was that person. Hello, right? I, you know, straight out, someone would call me out on my lies and I would still be lying right to their face. So she is that person. I was that person, you know, like this process. Of, you know, and, and P.S., I think that I'm not, I think I'm probably the first person that's not running away from her. Most people just run away from her. And so I just keep coming back and I just keep giving her the opportunity to maybe start, you know, understanding that she plays a role here or can take some responsibility. Um, so anyway, um, you know, this, this recovery process has absolutely changed my life. I believe that by my recovering, I believe that my, any relationships that are that I'm in are changing. Uh, I also believe I wanted to just um, uh, talk about some of the promises that are, um, you know, part of this process. Uh, and I, I don't even know I don't even know which one I could choose to resonate for me for me the most. We are painstaking about this phase of our development. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We will comprehend the word serenity and will know peace. No matter how, how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness. Thank you, Ian. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear 
right? Things having to be my way, me getting on the pity pot, not understanding why everything is happening to me, you know, that somehow starts shifting, right? We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Yes, yes, that is the easiest way for me to get out of my self-pity is to start hearing somebody else and start holding the space for other people to process what they need. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. And how about we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us? You know, this is, um, yeah, you know, there's something about not needing to make decisions anymore on the fly, right? I don't have to, nothing is an emergency anymore. Uh, and so I can sit with my feelings. I don't have to react. I can respond once I'm ready to. Uh, there is, um, you know, just so much about this that feels where I'm supposed to be right now. And, uh, you know, this calm state of mind, I try to hold on to it all the time. I'm not 100%. I don't hold on to it all the time. But I do know that for things to come out sideways at the wrong people now doesn't really work anymore. I, I can't really, you know, that doesn't work. And for me to own my part on a daily basis and for me to continue considering, um, you know, I still have some amends that I haven't made. And that, that whole thing about, um, you know, trust that, uh, trust the process and know that when I'm ready, uh, that, that those things will present, uh, just like when I'm ready to do service, even though I sometimes feel so vulnerable, I can't stand the thought of putting my camera on sometimes I can't stand the thought of me opening my mouth and, um, you know, I realize that by opening my mouth, that I might just say something that someone else will resonate with. It might just be that one thing that they need to hear that night. And, uh, you know, I know when I first came in, the people that were doing service that raised their hands so quickly, that were so, um, so willing to, um, to extend a helping hand and to hold the space for me when I was just sitting in such pain, those people modeled for me what it was like to someday be able to give back and to know that it's not the Angela show anymore, right? It's about being of service. It's about um, you know, paying forward what was freely given to me. And that's how I get to keep what I got here, right? My serenity, I only get to keep if I keep giving it away and I keep holding the space for others and I keep being of service. So with that, I will end my share. I thank you so much for hearing me tonight, for holding the space, for honoring this for everybody. Welcome to any newcomers that are here tonight. Um, please keep coming back. Uh, this can definitely transform your life. It has for me. Um, thank you. Thank you. Wow, thank you so much, Angela, for such a beautiful share. I almost forgot I was leading. Um, the, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. 
as this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would our timekeeper Ian please set a timer for three minutes to for each share and announce when time is up? And if the speaker is asked a question, to please allow three minutes for the answer. And the Zoom floor is open. Hi, everybody. Amy L, go ahead. Hi, everyone. Amy here. Compulsive eater, exercise bulimic, sometimes restrictor. And I am so grateful, Angela, for you. I'm going to get emotional. But um, I needed to hear you. And I, um, I share a lot of your story, the not understanding how I could fit in and how could I change myself to fit in and playing the chameleon. And uh, some of that goes way, way back. And I, and then with my addiction, it took on a life of its own and it gave me a whole, a lot of other baggage and a lot of shame came along with it. And I love that you read the promises, the ninth step promises. I remember sitting in these rooms long ago moving to Santa Barbara 21 years ago, coming into the OA room and just crying when I heard those promises. And I still cry when I hear them. So I don't know what I wanna say. I know I wanted to share. I also suffer from that somehow can come into these rooms and I love so many people in this room and I can sit here and just feel like I have nothing to say. I have nothing to offer. And it's not the truth. It's not the truth for any of us. And the faith without works is dead. Um, I always thought when I could find love and have a family of my own, I would belong. And I believed that. I thought that was the missing thing, but it wasn't. And I was like that tornado in the house, tearing through the house in some ways. And thank God for this program, this spiritual way of life, that I have my faults, I have my old ways of being that still come out, but I, I'm not that tornado. And I just wanted to put in a plug for living amends. I once had somebody tell me, well, if you're making just living amends, you know, when you work the steps, you're kind of shirking your responsibility. And, and as someone who's worked the steps multiple times, and I have made some big amends, even the last time, living amends to me are very powerful. And I have to be willing to go to any lengths to honor those living amends. And so that's all I'll share. But thank you all for being here. Thank you for everyone doing service. Thank you for newcomers. 
Thank you to my old sponsor who I see here. And thank you, dear Angela. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amy L. Uh, Karenina, you are up next. Hi there, good evening, Karenina, Compulsive Eater. Really happy to be here. I'm sorry I missed the reading and the beginning of your share, Angela, but I was really touched and identified and moved by what I did here. I heard enough about amends to feel like it was a real God shot that I plugged into this meeting. I, um, I've been working a program to the best of my ability for over two decades. I um, come from, you know, being almost a hundred pounds more than this. And I, uh, you know, needless that I say that just in like, this is that, that path, that spiritual path. We do the program, we get recovered, the weight goes away, but boy, life still goes on. And I need this program more today, maybe than I did 21 years ago. I don't know. I, I am, um, I have an estranged adult daughter and you know, I know when I share my truth here at a meeting, when I share my pain, it, it helps relieve it. When I share, they say, when you share your joy, it doubles it. When you share your pain, it cuts it in half. And so I just wanna share some of my pain today and have some witnesses to the excruciating reality of a part of my life. There's other parts of my life that are intensely, incredibly beautiful. And I had an experience over the weekend with some young people that I invited into my home that were traveling by bike around the world. And I saw them at a pharmacy and invited them into my home and shared like such beautiful connection, such beautiful like back and forth gratitude. And they enlivened me. And they're just a little bit older than my daughter. They're the same age as my stepchildren and this like ability to relate to people that aren't your family in ways that are so deep, <laughs> like the way I can relate to you all. Um, what, for whatever reason today, I was inspired to try to reach out again to my daughter. You know, the living amends has also been to respect her boundary. And she was also very young when I got into program and made, I mean, she was too young the first time I did the steps. And then I did them again in another kind of codependent program and she was too pissed to receive them. And now she doesn't talk to me. So it's a, I feel like I'm in a little bit of a rock and a hard place, but I, my job is to recover, 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 keep the door open, keep sending her love, keep nourishing myself. not being alone, showing up for the ways I can be of service and not be depressed about this because I have other people in my life that need me and that I need. It's really effing hard. Time. And there's my time. So thank you all for holding all of that with me because I need to be held up a little tonight. So thank you. Thanks for sharing with us, Karenina. Uh, Miss Sunshine Eileen, you are up next. Oh, that's so nice. Hi, um, Eileen, recovering compulsive overeater. 
Um, Angela, thank you so much for your share. I loved it so much. It felt extraordinarily nourishing um, for me. And um, I have a lot in common that would really benefit me calling you on an outreach call. So um, I'm going to hold that for another time. Um, I do want to say that um, my dad has been in the hospital for six weeks and is gratefully coming home tomorrow um, in some home health thing. And uh, talk about being of service to my mom and, um, and my dad, I have been at the hospital many days for the last six weeks and with, with love in my heart, you know, with love in my heart. Um, but they're really nervous about what to eat because <laughs> his whole food plan has to change. And, you know, due to kind of the grace of this program and, um, learning, foods that are like nutrient and beautiful and love and, and like lovely and kind, I get to be the person in the family who gets to bring beautiful foods to this family um, with love. And he is not like looking forward to what is in front of him. And I'm like, you have no idea how fantastic this road is going to be. We know together you and I are going to explore this fabulous new road of beautiful fruits and vegetables. And, you know, this whole exciting, you know, food plan and we're in this and, you know, I, um, and my mom is like freaking out and cause she doesn't know. And, um, and, I just am in so much gratitude that I get to be this person, this person in the family who gets to, to be this. And, uh, and I, it feels really good. It feels really good. It feels really good. Um, and I'm grateful that this meeting is here. It's December, you know, it's not always the easiest time and we're all together and it's, I see some new faces and I'm so glad you're all here with me. Um, and I'm just in a lot of gratitude. So thank you so much. Thank you, Eileen. Victoria, you are up next. Hey everybody, I'm Victoria Murkover, Compulsible Reader and Insulin Manipulator in Florida. I'm I do not have my usual energy level. I am exhausted. I just got back from several different time zones, um, but I'm so glad that I can be on this meeting because um, it was in the middle of the night where I was for the last couple of weeks and I've missed it dearly. I was thinking about, you know, I know a lot of times we, we play synonym or that's not what it is. You know, when words have multiple meanings, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Sorry, my brain. <laughs> um, but I remember hearing that an amends is like to make something right, but an amendment, you know, amendment, like if you think about the constitution needs to be amended or you need to amend your behavior, it can also just mean a change in the way you do something. And, you know, yeah, I do think that there were direct amends that I had to make that were like, I really came into the clarity of abstinence as I went through the program and was like, oh, wow, I have left a ton of debris for other people that I never saw. 
I never saw that wake of destruction that I had left behind before. Um, and so I did need to go back and clean some of that up in a more direct way, which was humbling and and beautiful and also frightening um, in some ways. But I was thinking today about just like the small ways that I see change in my behavior and how they really become like the big ways. Um, like today, so when I was traveling, I was like backpacking and I didn't have time. I wasn't like buying souvenirs. So I decided oh, I have like three hours before my flight back. There's this huge duty-free section that has all this food that's like from, you know, from this country that I was in. Like I should bring some of that back to my boyfriend. And I thought, oh, it's all in duty-free. So of course I can bring it into the U. Like why, like why wouldn't I be able to bring it in if I can buy it here? <laughs> Which makes no sense, but in my head it made sense. So I get to customs and it's like, do you have anything to declare? And there's this big sign that says like meat, animal products and I remember coming back from another country where you needed to declare tobacco and alcohol products. And they were like, do you have any like cigars or rum or, and I was like, oh, no, do people bring that? Like they're not supposed to. And I had this huge bottle of like rum in my suitcase and like 18 cigars, you know, like hidden in there. And, and this time I was like, I was like, shit, I just bought all this pork. I didn't even think about like, am I able to bring that or not? And I said, yes, I do have some meats and cheeses to declare. And they gave me this ticket said, here, you got to go to this other line. And I was like, I'm going to be here forever. I hate being honest. It's so dumb. And it actually was totally fine. I was like, the woman was like, all right, so I have to throw all these out. And I was like, okay, well, I appreciate you doing your job. And I wish I had not spent the $30 on that a couple hours ago. But here we go. like, to me, it's such a silly, like, it's, it's such a silly anecdote. But to That's me, that time. perfect, because it's going to end right here. Like, to me, that is the growth that I see in this program. Not that I'm like, oh, look how enlightened I am. But I'm like, okay, let's tell the truth. Yeah, it might be more inconvenient. But also, that's what we're doing today. So thanks for listening to that. I'll pass. <laughs> Thanks, Victoria. Ian. It, it might be a good time too. We're at the point to um the uh, time to stop the recording. Yeah, thanks, Mark. That part. All right. We will stop the recording. <laughs>